2: podcast.
3: Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. This trio is back together. It's Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman. You guys can decide uh, who is whom in terms of those roles, but I'm your host, so figure it from there. Jacob Westendorf back with Jacob Morley and Ross Uglum of Pack Report. Morley, let's start with you, my friend. I got a package from you today, and I got to say, I was never more thrilled to get some mail. Do you want to tell the people why that
2: happened? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Played the fifth. Now, Jacob, hey, congratulations, winning the Packers draft draft, the snake draft, hit three, got three picks right. I mean, just tip of the cap, man. That's actually really impressive. That's tough to do, so... Nicely done. I would say you probably got those 3 because you've been hanging out with Ross and I so much. Um but uh you know, it is what it is. Good job. It
3: didn't hurt. I'll tell you that. It it did not hurt to to have that happen, but I will give credit to Brian Gudekunst because last year Morley, we did the same thing and we were both over, <laughs> We both went over 10. Yep. yep. And we had the same general premise, like you know, pick the offensive lineman that plays left tackle but is going to move inside. Pick the wide receiver that hits certain this certain that whatever but joining I us now, yet?
2: i don't think i've gotten one no, you're, you're over, over the been, last two years congratulations over, over and which is hilarious because i said live on the radio who the packers were gonna pick before it happened i said it's gonna be i just said i have a feeling it's gonna be quay walker and boom it was it i had was. a moment of clarity but anyways is that real that's real that is real is there proof like I'm, it's on the radio. Ross is on the airwaves. All right, so <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask, I'm, I'm ask Sparky tomorrow if I can get tape of that, please. Yeah. So I will
3: get on that tomorrow. You heard the other man's voice here. This is the happiest man in North Dakota state football and Green Bay Packers football. Uh, Ross, have you put pants on since the draft happened on day two?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a big pants guy. I think everybody's real aware of that, but, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, you know, it was it was a big deal. Um, certainly happy for the kid, and, and that that that's a, that's kind of a big part of it for me, right? Is, um, I'm I mentioned to, uh, people at North Dakota State because you know I, I I'm a big deal. I, I was a popular guy. Uh, when when Christian Watson got picked by the Packers, I got a bunch of people, um, trying to get me to talk about. Uh, you know, Christian side of it on the North Dakota State side. And I got a bunch of people trying to ask me about the Packers side of it on the Packers side. You know, who got the better of this deal? And and, and honestly, I mean, it's an unbelievable, I think, situation for Christian. Uh, I, I mentioned, you know, to to some of the North Dakota State people that I talked to, I, I would have ranked, um, you know, maybe their situation number two in the entire NFL. and, and that And that's really just to... Um, maybe Kansas City, just because Pat's younger. But at the same time, like I said to to those folks, um, you know Travis Kelsey doesn't exist in Green Bay. I'm not even sure Juju Smith Schuster exists in Green Bay, and so the the opportunities are are just endless for Watson. I mean, he can be as good as he wants to be, uh, as long as number twelve is is still there throwing him the ball. So, um, as happy as I was for the Packers because they got my number twenty overall player at thirty four. I was happier for Watson because it's just really difficult to imagine him being put in a better situation.
2: You know, another really underrated aspect of this is the fact that they traded with the Vikings and people are going to, you know, moan and holler and whatever about what they gave up to go up and get him. But man, how sweet will it be for the next decade when Watson just torches the Vikings? Oh, I mean, any
1: time, any time. And that's the, the funny thing is, is so uh, the Saturday show at Bison 1660 is this 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 big giant Vikings fan. He's an NDSU student. NDSU gets a ton of go- people from the Twin Cities that don't want to be gophers. And, and I mean that in athletics and certainly just in academics. They get kids from the city that want to go a reasonable distance from home. And North Dakota state is that. And, and this is a kid that you can tell in the way he broadcasts and he's very good. I love Andy, but you can tell in the way he broadcasts, the way he talks, the way he tweets. He was, he was born and bred on that power trip in the morning and Paul Allen from nine to noon, right after that, he's died in the wool. He has all the KFAN lingo that they teach there in Minnesota. And so um, he was really, really bummed f- about the fact that it was the Vikings and he just knows that, you know, they're going to get it and they're going to get it probably deservedly every time Watson scores against them, converts the first down, whatever. Um, especially if, uh, you know, those guys that, uh, that, that they drafted with the picks, you know, because you can, you can certainly, um, just say like it, you can break it down as simply as this is who the Packers got, Christian Watson, and this is who the Vikings got with those picks, unless they traded them, which honestly, the way Kwesi was going, they might have. Yeah, that whole weekend
3: was an was an oddball for for the Vikings and and I don't I still don't understand how they moved from twelve to thirty two and only got what they got out of that, but I'm no expert on on trade mechanics and everything like that. But we're not here to talk about Christian Watson and, and those sides of the draft and how everything went. We are, are you here sure? For, well, I mean <laughs>
1: You did this you know, time. I, I had I, nothing to do with it.
3: I did, but you know what? I haven't been here for a couple of weeks, so I didn't actually get your guys' reaction. I know we've talked, obviously, since, but I haven't gotten your guys' reactions to that entire situation and how it all unfolded. I will say it it had to have taken something because I was standing next to Brandon Snide, the social media manager for Packer Report, as they traded for Christian Watson. I've never seen that look on a grown man's face before in my life. He was incredibly excited. He, he, was, so, he was
1: maybe more up than I was, man. He,
3: he already ordered a... Uh, a sewn on Packers throwback Christian Watson jersey, like you know, good for the him. day of his wedding. That's good incredible. Yeah, good for him, and it looks pretty nice. I've seen it, so there's that. That's the Watson deal. He's going to be Green Bay's uh, fourth leading receiver this year, according to Ross Uglum. And he said that uh, last week. and You can check that stuff out, maybe that'll change, but um, that was an official, unofficial prediction. I guess we'll see how that goes. This is going to be really official in terms of predictions. We are talking about some undrafted free agents, and typically. This isn't even me making things up. This is stuff that like agents used to tell players that went undrafted is like, check out Green Bay, because in Green Bay, usually a guy that goes undrafted makes the roster. And there have been examples of that in the very recent past. You talk about you know guys like Darius Shepard, who came in as an entire camp long shot, made the roster over uh, a guy that was a fourth round pick in Jamon Moore. So, I mean, it's it's not a it's not quite the way that it used to be under Ted Thompson, where you could almost always pencil in one or two of them, but it certainly is something that Green Bay leaves no stone unturned, and they're not afraid to keep an undrafted guy over somebody that they've drafted. This year's class, based on the conversation we had prior to the show here, a little underwhelming. There's not that big, sexy name that kind of pops out outside of, you know, Tyler Goodson is the popular one that has kind of popped out as as an Iowa player. That could be because he played at Iowa. It could be because he played running back, and he's actually a pretty decent player. Uh, He's had some good moments against some teams that Packer fans that are mostly Badger fans as well, or at least there's a lot of crossover. They probably watch a lot of games that Tyler Goodson has played in. You know, they watch Iowa versus Nebraska and God bless whoever does that by choice. That is not a fan of those two programs, but people do those things for whatever reason. Um, But that's kind of the one name, but what we're going to do is kind of go through the position battles here and be able to kind of get through and see where is a path. If there is one, for example, An undrafted free agent is not making the roster at quarterback. You know, the Packers, and I'm not even going to get through this. I'm just going to go through this really quickly. Green Bay brings back the league MVP. They bring back a guy they drafted in the first round who they did not trade over draft weekend, whatever the reasons were on that. And Kurt Bankert was here last year. So unless some guy comes into camp and looks pretty much the same as Aaron Rodgers, he's not making a team. Well, let's go to running back here because it's the first discussion. We'll just talk about Tyler Goodson here for just a little bit. Because it's Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, but after that, Kylan Hill coming off an injury. And Patrick Taylor has had an injury-riddled short career during his time late in college and in the NFL. That was part of the reason I thought the Packers might even look to spend a draft pick on a, a running back. They didn't do that. Instead, they signed Tyler Goodson. So this is where somebody could theoretically make a roster run. Morley, what is your take here as we look at this running back position and a roster battle that could take place for that third running back spot? which is always a fun one.
2: Well, yeah. And we know that the Packers, they want horses in the stable too. They've, they've kept three and they've had a guy in the practice squad the last several years, uh, or I think since Goody's been there and you look at what they have, obviously Jones is making the squad. Dylan's making the squad and they're going to be big time contributors to this offense. But then you're looking at that third running back and you know, where's Kylan at with his, with his knee injury, obviously a super talented dude, um, And this might be a little bit of a take, but I think Patrick Taylor is the most talented of those three guys. Uh, If you go back and watch his tape at Memphis, I mean, he's a, he's a middle round type player, like type draft pick. I mean, he's got the size too. He's got the, uh, he's got the hands out of the backfield. He can run some decent routes. Kylan Hill. um, I know for all of the, the fanfare with him drafted in the seventh round, because honestly he should have gone higher than that as well. Those two guys in themselves are really good options. Um, so I think Goodson is going to have to really, really put on a show uh, his his rookie camp to make this squad. Uh, but could, you know, and he might be a guy that's vying for that spot in the practice squad against whoever doesn't make it over Taylor and Hill. Uh, if they want to keep only three guys, maybe they keep four. I don't know. Uh, so that could be something interesting to watch. But you know, kind of what you alluded to, Jacob, is like his tape is fun. Like he is he's a smaller type back. and for whatever reason, uh, fans get excited about those kind of guys, you know, the guys that uh, have the the fun highlight tapes. And Goodson has a fun highlight tape. You watch you turn it on and he he is a big play waiting to happen. Um, he is an athletic guy out of the backfield as a receiver. Um, And I think he'll be a fun guy to watch in the preseason. And, you know, if he's going to make this roster, it's 100% going to be, uh, can you play special teams as well? How many things can you do? Can you be a receiver out of the backfield? Can you be a runner in between the tackles? That's usually who makes a team is guys like that. Um, But I'll kick it to Ross and just kind of see what his takes are on this running back position. And um, if he defers anywhere or has any discrepancies in what I just said.
1: No, I I don't. You know, I've made it. Very clear. Um I I love uh Tyler Goodson, man. I, I, I feel it's funny. Uh I feel similarly about Tyler Goodson as I felt about Aaron Jones and as I felt about uh Kylan Hill. And I know it sounds insane to say Aaron Jones right now, but people feel like Aaron Jones is a fifth round pick, you know. I I and, and I didn't catch on to Aaron Jones really until the preseason tape. Threw me back into the UTEP tape. Um, and, and, and that was kind I of started... a, like
3: he was kind of like the third of those three guys for a little while because remember, that was the year they drafted yeah. Jamal Williams, Devonte Mays, Mays, and Jones. Jones might have been and, the third
1: guy out of that group for a while. And the and they had Ty uh, Montgomery it, on the, the incumbent starter was number 88. Absolutely, yeah. it was. Shout out Andy Benoit. Um, but but I, I just man, he's electric and he's an elite athlete. Um, I just you know, I. And that's where I'm at with backs. Like I wouldn't have paid Aaron Jones, but maybe I mean that makes me, um, you know I know into the minority, but Tyler Goodson, man, I I would pair him or Kylan Hill with AJ Dillon and just go with God, and and I I mean that I think he's a um a, gonna get you everything that's blocked and more. the The fun thing about Tyler too is his spin move. It is absolutely mm. electrifying. It is so much funny's he's a good pass receiver too i i i like him um i like him quite a bit man i really do what
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.
2: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What they call the spin move with uh, Fat Eddie, the circle button. Circle button. Circle button.
3: Circle button, man, and and Fat Eddie. Fat Eddie Lacey, man. Phat, by the way, Phat oh, yeah. for yeah. Eddie. That's just. A- I mean
2: that. And let me. I mean Ooh. that in the most endearing way possible. Like I freaking loved Eddie Lacy in Green Bay. His first two seasons were absolutely electric for the Packers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of year, fun. Man.
2: Nothing wrong Yeah, about.
3: and and kind of gave the Packers something that they didn't have for for quite some time. And pour one out for Jonathan Franklin since Ross is here. Mm. Um, the Tyler Goodson, just to get your guys' point here, your, your uh, spin move point is taken because I know I made a joke over the weekend. I asked – he had one against Nebraska, and I asked if there were any highlights against non-Division III uh, opponents, which the people from Nebraska didn't find that nearly as funny as I did. But the point of the matter is he can do a lot of different things, and can you do enough things well enough, kind of like what Morley was talking about? Can he play special teams? Can he maybe return kickoffs in a pinch the way like Malik Taylor – Theoretically, could or at least according to the coaching staff, they thought that he could. Can he do some stuff like that? Can he fair catch a punt? Now, that's some stuff that it doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're an undrafted free agent like this, you're trying to create value for yourself. And that's one way to do it is just to be able to do things like that. Can he make a tackle on special teams and do some stuff like that too? It doesn't have to be just stuff with the ball in his hands. This special teams unit was the worst one in the NFL. I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know, but I'm saying that now to say like some of the guys that Green Bay kept in past years to say like, oh, he has good special teams value. They'll keep him. Malik Taylor is the example I've used very often. It's like, oh, he's a good special teams player. He's on the team for special teams. Well, yeah, but he's also a a special teams player on the worst special teams in football. Maybe Basaccia thinks he stinks. This could be a big overhaul at some of those positions. And that's just something to keep in mind as we get into Training camp, preseason games, stuff like that. Is some of these guys that you found in previous years. I know like Oren Burks isn't on the team anymore, but that would be another guy that I have as like an example. Is that a core special teams player anymore? Because they can't do the same things they've done the last three years and they have a different coordinator now looking at things and one with a little bit more
1: experience. Uh, we can, and that's a balance though, Jake. I mean, that's that's a balance. Oh, yeah. You know, if you if you believe that the new coach can. I mean, that's the whole point, right? That largely, and and I don't know how fair that is because Goody was so aggressive when LaFleur got here, but largely, you know, LaFleur did better with McCarthy's players, right? And that's, that's again, I think debatable, but your hope, obviously, is that Joe Barry does better with Mike Patton's players and Rich Passaccia does better with the prior... <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know which coach you want to name, whose fault it was, but... Uh, special teams coordinator man um mo drayton uh, the the gentleman before him who has so scarred me i've forgotten his name that that's part of hiring a new coordinator is i can do better with the same tools you had
3: yeah and there will definitely be uh some of that as well looking into some of the other positions on this team it's it's not likely that he makes the roster. I think we talked about this, I think, before, is he would have to return a punt for a touchdown like Desmond Howard did or something like that. But Danny Davis did play at Wisconsin. He's going to immediately be a fan favorite to make a run at the roster. The hard part right now, and, like, Green Bay is still a team that – I don't know how likely this is, but there's still a team that's mentioned in, like, the potential veteran receiver market. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, et cetera, guys like that. But you start looking at this roster – and let's just say they only keep six. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Amari Rogers. That's five already. And I'm missing somebody off the top of my head too. So, and I True can't even, Sammy? A- Sammy Watkins. That's the other one. So there's six guys right there. That's your six. If they're only keeping six guys, I can't imagine any changing of that. If they keep seven, which they very well could. Now you're getting into Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, Samari Torre, Making a run at that roster, I, I don't think. It, so. I think
1: UDFA guys are, in my opinion, the UF the UDFA guys are practice squad fodder, I, unless something just insane happens.
3: Yeah, and that's yeah, kind he, of the point I was getting at. Is Danny Davis, just the Wisconsin kid, would have to return a punt for a touchdown, or maybe a couple, like, and just be like, "Okay, that's my job." I know you drafted Romeo Dubs theoretically to do that, but that's going to be my job, and I'll take it.
2: Yeah, he'll have to be a special teams demon and just absolutely whatever he's doing, just be great at it because he is not the type of guy that I think is going to make this roster. I also think it's absolutely bonkers for to think the Packers are only going to keep six when two of them are Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. Like If both of those guys play the entire year, 17 games, I will be flabbergasted, but that's neither here nor there, and I think it's going to be a fun battle, but Danny Davis has got a very uphill climb uh, to make this squad, and he could be a practice squad guy, but uh, the receiver position, it seems like draft picks and and the you know the the, the holdovers from last year pretty much have those spots locked down. It's just going to be sorting out who is going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, um, and then offensive line too is probably the next position on offense. Um, I mean, the, the as far as who they brought in, the guy that's getting all the pub right is the massive dude from Indiana, Caleb Jones, like, and he is massive. Uh, but do you guys see? I mean. Jacob I'll kick it back to you. Do you see anyone that you think could make this wrong? I mean just from knowing what you know now with the young guys that they have at offensive line and the draft picks they've invested last couple of years is it I mean what is it feasible to see an offensive line because that's a spot that they typically have kept UDFA's but is there a spot?
3: Yeah, but then you start talking about holdovers and like Elton's going to be either on the roster or on the pup And either way, you're kind of thinking of a spot for him ahead of time. And then you start talking about holdovers from last year where you've got, you know, Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Yosh Nyman. Those are guys from last year. And that theoretically could be your starting unit from left to right. I don't think it will be for the record, but it could be. They draft Sean Ryan and Zach Tom with high picks. Those guys aren't getting cut. So that's seven right there. Jake Hansen, they kept last year. Cole Van Landon, they protected and then brought up from the practice squad. Uh, they drafted Rasheed Walker in the seventh round. That's a guy some people thought could have gone in the fourth round. I think I've already mentioned nine guys, and that's not including Elton Jenkins. They've kept between nine or ten the last couple yeah. of years. It's not impossible. Did you mention Yash? I honest? did, yeah. That was a potential okay. starter at right tackle. But you start talking about some of the guys. like You talk about this massive dude. <sighs> A guy like that probably has so much to clean up from a technical standpoint. Like a guy that big, if he didn't go draft, he didn't get drafted at all. That tells me from a technical standpoint, he doesn't have much in the tank or he's a terrible athlete, one of the two. And admittedly, I don't know a ton about him, but those are just some logical conclusions to draw there. They could keep an undrafted guy, but it just seems like that would require just a piss poor camp. From guys or a, a, an unfortunate injury, something like yeah. that. But guys like Jake Hansen and Cole Van Lanen and guys that were already here a year ago. You know, you're thinking those Drafted undrafted free too. agents. Yeah, yeah. An undrafted Drafted free guy. agent at this point. You're again. It's kind of like the receiver spot. You're looking at practice squad fodder. Ross, anything to add?
1: No, no. I think O line. Um, man, that's gonna be just a phenomenal battle. I'm so like I was. I was talking to somebody else about just how fun. I think he even tweeted it. Degenerates, bet on the Packers in the preseason, man, because mm-hmm. if you think Jordan Love is at all functional, you know, you could have a second line of him running out there with, like, Christian Watson, Amari Rogers, and, and Romeo Dubs handing off to Kylan Hill behind a line that has, like, actual dogs on it. You know, Nijman, um, Tom, uh, uh, Ryan, and then guys with with real actual experience in the NFL, um, you know, Royce could be playing something as far as maybe a battle right guard, right tackle. Um, they're going to have a, a, a extremely legit um, second unit on the offensive line, and it's hard uh, to project even who makes the team. And it's certainly difficult to project project who makes the team if if Elton Jenkins can make a more functional. Um, return to the lineup than David Bakhtari did. And by the way, I mean, that as absolutely less than zero disrespect to David Bakhtari. All ACL injuries are different. All recoveries are different, but we've seen like the six and a half month recovery of Adrian Peterson. There's a range of ACL recoveries that is between like seven months and 13 months. And we have no idea what Elton's will be. We have no idea what, uh, what Tunyon's will be. We, we just don't know. So projecting the old line spot with Elton, that's crazy when you start to just think of like
2: nine guys to narrow it down to i think with the offensive line room that if you're gonna bet on what position what positional group will have the most people picked up by other teams i think that for the packers will be the one because there's such a shortage of big men that can play offensive line in this league and i think Um, their reputation is sterling for a reason yep yep yeah, they just have – I
3: mean, they have dudes that can play. And typically, like the only ones that you could think of of guys that were just like flame outs were dudes when they kind of went outside of what they normally do, right? Like Simon Stepaniak is an example of somebody like that. Jake Hansen mm-hmm. I think will be an example of of somebody like that as they took him as a center and they say he could play guard. I just – I'm skeptical, let's just say that. But who am I to say I know more than than Brian Gudekunst or Adam Sandwich? Let's go to the other side of the ball. We didn't mention tight end, they didn't really bring in any that were that were worth talking about. I got a Which hard is time seeing
1: the kind of wild. They, honestly, I can't believe they didn't draft
3: one, they haven't signed one, they didn't trade for one. They they did nothing at a position that me personally, and I felt this way when they Robert really Tunyan like
1: Tyler Davis. And honestly, Goody, say, Goody straight up just said it.
3: Yeah, yeah, and that's got to be the only way because I know I said it when. Robert Tunyon's breakout season hadn't happened yet. I was like, man, this and this is a tight end. That was a tight end room. that had a third round top 75 pick Jay Sternberger. I was just like, there's just oh, not 100%. a whole lot there. And now this year, I just kind of feel that way again. Tunyon coming off an ACL, Mercedes Lewis is Mercedes Lewis, which is a good thing, but like, That's as far as the, as far as the passing yep. game goes, not much. So there.
1: Tyler Davis has a Raz in the super high sevens. Yeah. Um, he's a good athlete. Basically just had a like not a great broad jump that brought his entire score way down. And, and the reason I say that's odd yeah. is just because like rich rod had tr- was, uh, <laughs> this is like, he's a top 2% athlete on the entire planet, but rich rod was a trash athlete. Um, Jay Sternberger was a very mediocre athlete. They have not always taken freak shows at tight end spot. That's why. And, and look, man, like they very much could have been locked in on Jelani uh, woods and it just, it just didn't happen. But that's why all the everybody Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods, and I'm thinking they don't actually freak out about RAS at tight
2: end. Um, no. But Tyler Davis is a good good athlete. That uh, you know, four seven, you know who, five. you know who is a actual freak athlete, RAS guy that's on their roster is Elise Mac out of Notre Dame a couple of years ago. He's flo- He's kicked around the NFL a little bit. He's an eight point five RAS type guy. I really liked him coming out of Notre Dame. He's someone that no one's also mentioned um, that will. I mean, on this, on this team, you'll have a shot. You'll have a shot to make the squad.
1: And it's funny how tight end kind of works that way. Uh, you know, I think some of the elite guys work out, obviously. Um, but oftentimes, you know, like George Kittle was not a first or a second round pick. And, and that happens relatively often. Antonio Gates obviously was a late pick. Jimmy Graham was a late pick. It it does happen where kind of the nobodies stick out. At uh, at tight end. And, and obviously the TJ Hawkinson's and the Vernon Davis's sometimes work out as well. But sometimes they don't.
3: Yeah. yeah, they do. And then, you know, the Packers, they just it's been a position that's almost like a, a black hole for for lack of a better phrase. Now, that could change. You know, Tyler Davis has some nice stuff on his on his tape. Uh, the play against Baltimore last year where Rogers zung him one over the middle of the field. That was certainly one. Also has some not-so-great things on his tape. He dropped maybe the best throw of Jordan Love's career uh, against the Detroit Lions. It would have been a touchdown, and it would have been really cool. But it didn't happen. Of course, I mean, I can't say that without mentioning guys like – they clearly really like Josiah DeGuarra, which is fine. And Dominique Daphne is somebody they've kept around for a while as well. And uh, Elise Matthews And Matt they, 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 know,
1: they know they know way more about Bobby Funyan's knee than we do. I mean, there's no question about that.
3: Yeah, and they usually, that's the thing is if Tanyan is like – of what he was in 2020 then the Packers tight end position is fine you know Mm -hmm. and fine is just fine like it's not a lead it's not anything special but it'll be yeah it'll be it'll be just enough it's fine and that's that's,
2: I was gonna say real quick on Tunyon is that that's something that no one's really talked to people have just kind of written him off Is like uh, he signed this one-year deal and he'll be gone What if he's good again? (laughs) What if he's good again? Well, once we start
3: talking about, like, I remember last year, Matt LaFleur was talking about drawing more stuff to feature him in the offense Mm -hmm. more. And that was a big, like red flashing light for me to say, pay attention to this. It didn't work out that way. Throughout his short season last year. But I think when we start talking about the offense as we get closer to July, you're gonna talk about Ross called Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb like security blankets, safety blankets, whatever phrase you want Dude,
2: to use. Tanya
3: honestly,
1: to and I've said this before, you can also kind of view Lazard as a, a person in the tight end room.
2: Yeah. Yeah, why not? The the play that Tunyon got hurt on against Arizona, go back and watch, it was sick. I mean, you saw all everything on display in that it was a really great throw. He was kind of a whole shot. And then you saw the the jets, and he, the speed and the athleticism. And then you saw his and saw his knee give out where he just yeah. grabbed
3: it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah, trying to laugh starts, and make light of starts, it, starts. but it was just like one of those hot yeah, shit.
2: He's hurt. Yeah, you you knew right away that he was it was bad. Um, yeah, let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Jacob.
3: Yeah, we'll go there. Uh, the defensive line. I don't think we need to talk about that uh, because it's like the only real mystery there, I guess, is Jonathan Ford. Maybe some people think that Dean Lowry is a possibility, but I don't. How I don't many you think
2: they're How many you think they're keeping? Six. Uh, well, oh, then see. you're
3: thinking what? So Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Dean Lowry, there's four, and T.J. Slayton, that's five. That's Jonathan, five. then you have like Jonathan Ford, Wellington Pavilion, like holdovers. It could be five or six. It just kind of Heflin. depends on what.
2: Trash can, can Jack full Heflin, of
3: dirt. trash can yeah. full of dirt. That's possible. They could have a bunch of stuff that way. My take on it, and I guess I said I wasn't going to entertain it, but. My take is keep Dean Lowry and keep those five dudes. Like I think they're going to play defense different than they have the last couple of years and having five guys that you feel good about rotating in instead of just, I'm kind of tired of the notion that, Oh, we just throw that dude out there and he'll just be fine. It's like, well, why be fine though? If you have a guy who's actually good, you've already budgeted for him. Like you have Dean Lowry, you have him, you have Jaron Reed. and knock on wood. I'm not wishing injury and the defensive line would fundamentally change if this happened, but if Kenny Clark has to miss some time, it's not this just, again, black hole, to use that phrase like it has been, on the roster of Keep them dudes and rotate them yeah. through. and Keep a sixth guy, and he ends up being
2: a healthy scratch on game day, whether that's Jonathan Ford or Heflin or whoever. So be it. Well, here's an interesting uh, look at this. So the two guys that they brought in, they only brought in two. It's Akil Byers from Missouri and – oh, man, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. It's Hawatu Patutua from Utah. Uh, both of those guys are six, three, a little bit over 300 pounds. And from the little bit I've watched of both of them, they're both penetrators. Like they're both kind of quick first step type guys. So you look at, I mean, they were not joking when they said, that's what we want. And so they went and got one in Devonte wide. And then the two guys that they brought in as UDFAs are, you know, very discounted versions of that. But I mean, he's yeah, so that's, good, that's, man. I, I, it, this is not the episode, but he, he's so good. I've warmed up to him since uh watching more of him. Uh he's oh, you like when he just grabbed and shucked uh,
1: the SEC offensive lineman play after play. Devontae? I do like
3: Yeah. Uh, why, why is a stud? The player is not the <laughs> issue. The player is not the problem. Like oh, I, I, I even they said it old. after the after I'm the thing was he was a little bit older and which I don't care about that as much. It it matters, but I don't care about it as much. And then you get the stuff in the past and the Packers have have gone through that and you hope they're comfortable with it, but the player is not the, why it's a stud. And as a team that needed to replace Kingsley Kiki and not necessarily him, while him, the player, yes, but him, the skill set as well. That's something they didn't have in the room and now they do. And why it's a big part of that um let's go to the edge room and then we'll go to the secondary because again off ball linebacker that's one that I don't think we need to talk a whole heck of a lot about but edge your top three guys are going to most likely be Preston Smith Rashawn Gary and then Ross's guy Kingsley Ngabari, from South Carolina their fifth round pick this year a guy that Ross you would have taken him in the second third
1: player overall 54.
3: So yeah, uh Green Bay, if they had taken him at the original second round pick, that would have hit right. almost yeah. perfectly that way. So. And
1: it's fun, I mean, you know, people get well, there's a reason he fell to the fifth, and say, yeah, that that's fine, but that doesn't mean he's not my overall player 54. Like that's that's the game, man. We, if you're gonna publicize rankings before the draft, you can't go, oh man. I also can't pretend I didn't have Quay Walker like 88th. I I can't pretend that. Right, it that's what it is, it is.
3: it's in stone. That's the whole
1: point of it right that's
3: the game and it's it's like the it's what's the point of you can acknowledge that maybe good and company know better than what we do but there's also no point in watching players forming opinions and writing them down if at the end i'm just gonna say oh well you know what they took it i like him or something like that you can look at their process and understand what you're doing but those are the three guys after that jonathan garvin tipa nalea um Randy, Randy Ramsey, Ramsey is Randy another, Ramsey is the another name
2: unprompted, man. unprompted name that Goody brought up as a guy. And, that really and good
3: liked. for good that way. And I understand it. And it's a skill set they don't really have in the room. I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit oh, okay, from oh, yeah. the standpoint of he missed all of last year. And so hey. this is a position that an undrafted guy could
2: make a run at, I think, or go get, hey, go sign Melvin Gordon. And, hey, you know, Melvin Gordon plays running back, but you meant Melvin Ingram, too. Why not? Yeah. Sign them both. Yeah. Maybe Melvin Gordon can
1: not
2: play linebacker. Melvin Gordon. Dude, stop it.
1: Melvin Ingram. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. I, Melvin I, I, Ingram's under I, contract. I've, I've for the name Walker, so that's not a
3: big deal here. You said the name. But Melvin, this is a position to me. We talked about this way back when we first started. This was a position I thought Green Bay could have targeted highly in the draft. They had a chance at Jermaine Johnson and George Karlaftis. They passed on both of them. So, clearly, while they really liked Quay Walker, we know that, but. Clearly they liked him more than, than those two guys, not just that, but they could have added a veteran to this position. They were rumored to be interested in Von Miller, which that was like never, ever, ever going to happen. Uchena which was a little more sensible. I thought they could have done that, but they didn't. This is a position where I think Green Bay, if they're going to make one more veteran addition between now and training camp, your Devondre Campbell type addition, if you will, I think it's at edge, and you're looking that way. And I, I mean, this is I say that also, knowing now that that kind of leads to could an undrafted free agent make a run at that roster spot
1: uh, as well.
2: So let's Melvin shoot Anger to the boy. secondary here. going to
1: holler at your boy. Oh, go ahead, Trey Flowers, holler at your boy.
2: Well, yeah, here's my question: plenty of options. What what UDFA is going to make the roster edge? At because boy. they didn't, they don't, they didn't sign one.
3: No, they signed one today out of uh, their rookie trial. Kobe Davis. Is Kobe. Them, uh, oh, so. yeah. But I mean, I'm just—it doesn't have to be just of the class that they have. It could be another trial. Like Chauncey Rivers made the roster last year. Like mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are examples of stuff like that. So it could be just mm-hmm. a place where they could have somebody.
2: P.P. Holler at your boy. Jay Chauncey like, Rivers yeah. actually played. Is Chauncey Rivers still in the roster? Or they give him a settlement. Is he gone? Because he actually, uh, he kind of nice. Like he did some nice things. I would have to look to be a hundred percent. You guys that, so. talk about stuff. I'll look that up.
1: Pernell McPhee okay. hollering at your boy.
3: There's so many guys. Like there's so many guys, and I I'm, I'm I could almost advocate for Jason Pierre-Paul just from the standpoint of if you talk about the way this team is and this team is all in to win a Super Bowl, there are two players on this roster that have three. Excuse me, three players on this roster that have played in a Super Bowl, and one of them is a kicker. So, uh, Sammy Watkins and Aaron Rodgers for those that want to know the answer to that trivia question later on down the road. Could they use a guy with that kind of experience and pedigree that can also help the team? Maybe possibly. So Ross has made the, made the comments, holler at your boys. So bring one of those guys in, Goody, whatever you're doing, let's go to the secondary because this is the position where I think it's the most open. Cause Andy Herman talked about this, uh, before, right after the draft wait. ended, I believe where
2: before, wait, before you move on to that, I do need to bring up cause you skipped over a, a premium position in Green Bay. Definitely now inside linebacker, um, we can't just ignore inside linebacker anymore. I'm ignoring
3: Boys. it because they have two first Pre- round picks. They have Chris
2: Barnes. <laughs> premium, and... premium position. Uh they just but here bro, you know,
1: first round pick for the first time since AJ Hawk and paid Devondre Campbell 50 million. We can ignore and it. they and they have Chris Barnes no. and they have a
3: group of like Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. <sighs> like, where well, the hell is he the undrafted free agent?
2: million? From? Okay, I'm gonna tell you where it's coming from because probably maybe I mean my one of my favorite guys from this class is Chauncey Manick out of Louisiana. And I'll tell you, they spent a bajillion dollars on Campbell. They just burned a first-round pick on Quay Walker. Chauncey Manick is built in a similar fashion to those guys. He is a long, lanky athlete, can play some inside, maybe some outside as well. I was going to thought the kid was an edge. Uh, he played, he played off ball at Louisiana. He was recruited as a four star. He was a four star recruit, um, as a weak side defensive and went to Georgia, actually, uh, transferred out of Georgia, ended up at Louisiana, played for the raging Cajuns. And so he has some pedigree as far as just raw ability. He has some talent. So as far as like, you know, a guy making the roster over Ty Summers, maybe, could happen if he can come and play teams um better than ty summers and maybe give them some actual juice on the field in uh actual football packages i think i could see him making this roster as far as like when we're talking about paths to this team paths to making this roster i think inside linebacker there is a spot at that depth position um because it's a spot where they could keep four or five guys if they love somebody on on teams um so i don't think you know i don't think it's not a spot i mean oren burks is gone who's taking his role way probably but uh still you get my point so i just think as far as like pedigree goes like he's a guy that has the pedigree that has the talent that uh is worthy of kind of that late round swing and he's got those long arms he's got the length like i said so uh he kind of fits the mold of what they've been looking for and for for god's sake we talk we talk about them burning a first round pick and this being a premium position 2 years ago their opening day starter was chris barnes who was a udfa in that in that class, so talk about how far they've come in two years or the philosophical. I'll go change. one
3: further, I will go one further with that, Mr. Morley. Ty Summers was getting snaps in the NFC title game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gross, like that actually happened in a game. I feel pretty good about saying that's not going to happen. Let's go to the secondary because we're running short on time. This is where guys have made runs at a roster, and sometimes it's worked out really well. Sam Shields, Tremont Williams, Sam Shields, Super Bowl champion, by the way, and maybe. Oddly enough, of all the things that happened that Super Bowl season, Sam Shields making the roster and being actually good might have been one of the single biggest, if not the single biggest reason that team won a title that year, which is just incredible to think about because he may not have even made the roster in a different year. Who the hell knows? But that was the case there. This is a spot corner and safety. I'm going to bring both kind of together because those are positions where we thought the Packers were going to spend a pick on a safety. They really didn't. Um you know, yeah. added the, the safety that they did draft was Tariq Carpenter, and he's going to play linebacker. Matt Lafleur basically said that. So they didn't really add one. He's not so going to, to play set.
2: anything. He played teams. He's going, play, he's going to play teams. He's
3: going to play special teams. All right. Well, <laughs> when you talk about breaking down the roster, that's where he's going to end up. But sure. Yeah. That, yeah. So they didn't add one. They didn't add anybody at corner either. So I think everybody can chill on the. Oh, if they draft a corner, are they going to trade Jair Alexander too? which is always stupid and I will continue to say that's stupid until Tariq Carpenter is stupid. going
1: to play L3 L3
2: okay that's a special teams term it's the third yes, guy I, in from the left yes it means let me break down L3 L3 is a, uh, <clears throat> a special teams term uh, scientifically speaking it would that's be alley defender it would be run fast hit ball run fast <laughs> hit ball That's L (laughs) three things that three carpenter can do (laughs) not, not a wedge
1: buster. Although those are illegal. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Got a skill set for that. Yeah.
3: So on this side of the roster guys, is there anybody that can make it because the back end of the cornerback room is yikes. And the back end of the safety room, actually, honestly, anything past safety two is yikes. So is a place for somebody to make a run? Mr.
1: Absolutely. You know, and I think um, while I keep, Telling edges to holler at your boy, I think uh, anybody. This is the Jay with, Boston thing, a little, yeah. <laughs> Shout oh, yeah. out to Boston.
2: He's stupid. Uh,
1: but you know, anybody with some uh, versatility, some ability, maybe like a slot slash. And I, you know, I don't write I have I guess numbers on the top, or excuse me, names at the top of my head, like I did edge rushers, just because I was looking at that the other day. But um, you know, if you can play nickel and free safety, uh, I think you know, a veteran guy like a a Desmond King probably isn't available, but just like that player archetype, Um, a Micah Hyde, that player archetype. (laughs) Like, yeah, we'd all take a first team NFL free safety dip S, But yeah, I, 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 what I just mean is some, some veteran could really provide Green Bay with something. I think, Um, you know, I think Keyshawn Nixon's probably going to make the team. Uh, Obviously Stokes is going to make the team. Rasul is going to make the team. Jaws is going to make the team and, Um, SJC is probably going to make the team. So maybe that cornerback room is a little bit more full than we think, but that safety room, man, especially after they non tendered Henry Black, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, if you're ready to make peace with the Vernon Scott era, then that, that, the both those backup spots are just wide open. You know, I think, you know, Rasul mentioned he would be willing to play some safety, which would be cool if he could be cross trained in there. I think, um, him, with his skill set, providing some depth uh, for Savage, or maybe even providing Savage to do some cool uh, inverted looks where Savage is playing slot and maybe Rasul is playing safety and the, the, the quarterback can't identify that, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I mean, cornerback, or excuse me, um, secondary is absolutely where uh, some of the, you know, one of these kids has a chance to make some sort of uh, a, 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 a dent, whether it's the, the, the sterling kid out of oklahoma state uh or whether it's the texada tejada tech the baylor kid <laughs> the, the baylor corner um i, I think that, that, that that's certainly where uh truly the opportunity lies
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
2: I like the Texada kid. I think he's got a shot. He's he is a high RAS kid. I think he's upper, he's 8.21. Got it right in front of me. 8.21, 443, uh, fast. Didn't run a great three cone. Good shuttle. Good jump. 37-inch vertical. Well, he's only 5'10, like 190, he's smaller. But you when you turn on the tape and you watch Jalen Petrie, which a lot of us did, he's number 13. And he he yeah. flashes. Like a lot of these guys that you watch. Um, like we talked about like Ellis Brooks uh, in the, in the pre, the, the pre-show where we're like, Hey Ross, when you watched uh, Brandon Smith from Penn state, did Ellis Brooks jump out at you? And it was like, no, not really. But uh, this Raleigh Tixada kid from Baylor, like he actually has some looks where he's playing in the slot and he played inside outside for Baylor. He's going to kick inside for the Packers, but he is a guy, he, he's, he's a scrappy, scrappy player. A lot of those Baylor defensive backs, uh, play that way that's just kind of their brand of football and he's kind of the same i think he he's gonna have a shot to to make this team and i mean for for god's sake like if somebody gets hurt in that secondary heaven forbid there's gonna be someone playing that we maybe don't want to be playing out there for as deep as they are at at the top at that cornerback position it it gets thin fast yeah and And that happened
3: last year too right like if you think about yeah that happened last year too if you think about it like before, when Rasul Douglas entered our lives and became the Lord and Savior of our defense, like, Isaac Adam was starting in that game against Chicago. And Justin Fields, who is a, a current Hall of Famer, but also not very good last year, basically was just like, okay, there's 24 and I'm throwing at him. Took one drive for him to get benched for Rasul Douglas. But, like, that's – I think against Cincinnati, I would have to go back and look to be sure. But, like, Eric Stokes played, but then it was Kevin King and Isaac Adam. Like, it didn't take much for dudes like that to end up on the field. So, I mean, this is a position where even if it's not on the initial roster, I think you're going to see a lot of that overturn, maybe find – who was the other um, cornerback that they signed to the – Quentin Dunbar. They signed him to the practice squad and cut him like two days later. Something like that could certainly happen as well for this roster in the upcoming year. And that's the thing about the bottom of the roster is Ted Thompson talked about it a bunch, and Brian Gutekunst talks about it now. It's just a constant churn.
1: It is, and I think you can be more optimistic with it, um, not being, you know, like some guy from Valdosta State in that they're going to throw out on Julio Jones in a playoff game. Shout out Ladarius Gunter. I didn't mean to disrespect you in that way. Shout out Miami. I didn't mean to disrespect your football program in that way. But what I'm saying, what I, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like you're you could get rasul douglas now with from goody um you can get guys that can play you can get devondre campbell super late in camp you can have that sweet sweet Mer- whitney merciless signing may his elbow or may his bicep rest in peace um I, I, like you, you you're not gonna get you know johnny johnson from upper west oregon it, it's just like that and and Ted did things in an amazing way and, and set them up to compete for years. But if if you're thinking that the Packers probably need some veteran depth of spot, there's actually a chance that, that Goody's feeling the same way, which you just didn't always get that feeling with Ted. No, you didn't. And that's like the, if you have a criticism of
3: Ted Thompson, that was certainly it. I talked about it like uh, last year when, or two years ago, when Rick Wagner was the swing tackle. I said, I love Ted to death, but I promise you, the swing tackle was going to be Naiman in that particular season after let everybody go. So we're out of time. Long snapper, that's another position I'll throw in there as a UDFA could certainly make the roster. That is it. That is all. That's all the analysis I'm going to give you on special teams. and Well, not special teams, but long snappers. Specifically out of time for today, though. Check us out. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Westdorf. You can find my work game on Wisconsin and Packer Report. You can find Ross, the publisher, of Packer Report at Ross Uglum. Check him out uh, pretty much any time during the week and also some stuff for Bison Report. It's almost getting there for football season, kind of, sort of, not really. Maybe we can hope. You can find Jacob Morley at uh, Jacob Morley and find he's a celebrity now, so you might find him on 620 WTMJ and various other outlets that let him come talk and, and do some things that celebrities do. So thank you guys for having that. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of the buck series. As we record tonight, the Celtics win. So it's tied two two by the time we talk to you guys next, that series will have reached its conclusion. So maybe it'll be the conference finals. If not until next time, go Mavs, go pack. See you guys next time.